Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coffee and Football, presented by Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. I'm your host, Blake Monroe, where I'm joined each and every morning by Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, both of On3 and Inside Texas. And before we get started, I want to say in the chat, tell us where you're from, where you're checking in from. We definitely love to see it. Jerry loves to see it. We like to see all the places around the world that you guys are watching us right here on Coffee and Football on On Texas Football. And now then, gentlemen, let's talk about the portal. Over a thousand players. That's just crazy to me to say. But over a thousand players in the portal at the moment. What do you think? I mean, it's well over 1,200. Is it 13? Is it 14? I haven't seen the exact number yet, but it's probably creeping up to that point. Um, I think, uh, look, it's just we're two days in. um, So we know we're probably going to get two, 300 more guys in at, at this point. Um, it doesn't close till January 2nd. Um, so some guys may wait until after a bowl game. If they're playing an early December 20s, 20-ish bowl game, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, 25th, around there, right? Around Christmas. Uh, but uh, look, it's just, it, it, it's wild. But there are a couple of names to know in there, Bobby, for Texas fans. Obviously, we talked yesterday, Andrew McCuba, the sa- uh, safety nickel out of Clemson, uh, who's from Austin LBJ, played for uh, Jamal Finner. Um, we mentioned a couple of wide receivers that Texas is evaluating, uh, Juice Wells and um, Deion Burks. Um, you know, Bobby, an interesting name that popped in yesterday. And we don't, again, Texas will have some level of interest in guys. They'll evaluate some guys. Uh, Holden Stays was an interesting uh, name yesterday. The tight end from Notre Dame. And I bring that up because, and I report, I already wrote something on Inside Texas. I bring that up. Because Texas was in his top five coming out of high school. He was a guy Jeff Banks really, really liked in the 2022 class. Um, And one thing we've kind of learned about Texas is Jake Johnson now in the portal as expected. Um, Why I thought he watched catch tight end screens from Colin Klein the next three years. I guess I was wrong. Um, All right. So so here's the deal on that. With Holden Stays, I mean, look. He's a guy that Texas really liked coming out of high school. And they stick on their targets. We've watched this through the whole recruiting process. And then if they go on to be productive college players, that they like those guys coming out of high school, a Makuba, a Holden Stays, just names to know. We'll see where things go. Uh, wide receiver out of Mississippi State. Uh, you might want to remember that one, Jerry, just yeah. for the record. You know, Xavion Thomas. Just putting it out there. Big time pump return guy there. Yeah, he is also in the portal. Matthew Golden, U of H kick returner, receiver, also in the portal. Texas recruited him out of high school too, Jerry, to your point. Uh, those are guys to remember. Trey Moore, uh, the, the edge rusher uh, out of Smithson Valley, who as at uh, UTSA this past year for Jeff Trailer had 14 sacks. He's in the portal. Patrick Payton. He's going to get evaluated. That's the defensive end, all ACC defensive end from Florida State. He's he's in the mix. Uh, you know, the interesting thing right now is I'm not sure we mentioned Juice Wells and Deion Burks, Xavion, uh, Xavion uh, Edwards, all those guys, uh, or Thomas, excuse me, from Mississippi State. We mentioned all those guys. I'm not sure this portal class at wide receiver is as strong as the last portal class at wide receiver that like I don't think there's an A.D. Mitchell in this portal class right. Juice Wells Juice Wells is a, a a really good receiver he has a plus hands like 
as good a hands as anybody anywhere in college football, but he doesn't nearly necessarily get as open as easily as an eight, an Adonai Mitchell or a Xavier Worthy. He's not that kind of guy. So the 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 we'll see if better receivers pop in the uh, in the portal as well. Uh, there's guys that they're looking at that may not even be in the portal yet. Right? I mean, we we know that to be the the reality. Uh, so. To Jerry's point, a thousand plus. I think it's closer to two thousand now, Jerry. Based on the avalanche we saw again yesterday, there'll be more trickling in. I don't even know. I, I thought that day one would be the avalanche, and second day would be a trickle. You know how it is sometimes. Yeah. But it's been more like I don't know. It's more more like Christmas shopping, right? Where you see where you literally see that Black Friday be that big day, but hell, Saturday's big too. You know what I mean? It's, that's how it's been. It's not, it's not a one-day uh, event, the portal right now. And so we'll see more come in. I mean, Patrick Payton, the defensive end from Florida State. I mean, give me a break. All yeah. ACC, he's in the yeah. portal. Yeah. Uh, somebody's it. asking about Jalil Skinner, the tight end from South Carolina at Texas. On that, here's kind of the difference. He hasn't been a productive player uh, in college. Ten catches, two years uh, for the Hurricanes. I have not heard that name. Um, I, I, you know, where a Holden stays had 15 for 176 and was really coming on. And he's a downfield threat now. Then he had a shoulder injury and missed a third of the season to end the season. So he would have been a guy that probably would have had 20, 20, 22, 24 catches for 300 plus yards. He was becoming a very productive player for the fighting Irish who after Iowa are the best tight end producer. Right. I mean, uh, and that's a guy that uh, Texas really liked that we. We figure every SEC school will be after Holden stays. I mean, Notre Dame beat all the SEC powers on him coming out of high school. So we'll see. Um, We'll see where that goes. So Nate Johnson in the portal may change things for Texas at tight end. If they, if they, if he's interested, if he's interested. Yeah. Let me ask. obviously Obviously Max Johnson's going to North Carolina. Yeah. His brother's at North Carolina. So he may join Max at North Carolina. But man, uh, that 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 would be a difference maker at tight end for Texas, in my opinion. You add him with Gunnar Helm, the guy, young guys like Spencer Shannon. Uh, I think that that you know that that becomes a three, a, a group of three that starts looking and feeling like Texas wants to look and feel at uh, at tight end, where they can go, you know, thirteen personnel if they need to on goal line packages, that sort of stuff, Jerry. Yeah, uh, people are a lot of people are asking about Deuce Robinson. I really don't. Have anything on Deuce Robinson other than he played more receiver than anything this year? And has, has he been? He's not in the portal though, is he? No, 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 no. Uh, but I'm, yeah. people are asking if he jumps in. But here's the thing: I think he'd be behind other guys if he did. Really, at tight end? He didn't even play tight end really for USC. Yeah, he he did play receiver. But I so I think really- Spark wants that guy, dude. I I, I think I he's know, a he, he just hasn't developed as a tight end. He missed a full year of college football developing as a tight end. So you're pretty much taking – is he going to be where a hold stays would be or even a Jake Johnson would be? I think he's way behind those guys as a tight end. But I could be that's wrong. That's fair. Oh, that's well, that's fair. Man, I got to say. Well, him, you know, LB Overton. Uh, and his brother. And his brother went into the portal. Are they just going to OU – you know, we'll see. That father obviously played at Oklahoma or went to Oklahoma. We'll see. Uh, um, we'll, we'll see on that. Uh, I, I don't have that answer. He, uh, 
Tell people, people like, Jerry, yeah. hey, Jerry, tell people how good LB Overton was coming out of high school. And this well, is part of the loss on the Texas A&M defensive line that we've been talking about. Yeah, I mean, he's a he, – he's a – uh, I think I think Bobby mentioned uh, he might have said Matthew Golden's in the portal. People are saying that if he goes in the portal. Um, yes. So, uh, you know, the Overton was interesting. He graduated a year early from high school to get to college. That tends to not work out as much. Um, he, he was thought to be a D tackle long term coming out of high school. He still played more of an edge position for A&M. Um, so he hasn't really kind of hit like people thought he would. Um, did he go to a school that was loaded with too many defensive linemen? Uh, quite possibly. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if if he will be as coveted now as he was coming out of high school when he was a number six ranked prospect in the country. I'll say that. Some people are asking if Juice Wells visited Tennessee this weekend. He may very well be. But like I said, we said starting the show, Texas is interested in Juice Wells. Does that mean he's a priority for Texas? It does not. But they're interested. No ski break. I, I did not skip your location. I have to go back and look. And frozen see Ozarks <laughs> from the Frozen Ozarks. I saw it. No, okay, thank you. No, I guess I did. Bobby Petrino. I hope y'all aren't taking a motorcycle ride this morning, man. <laughs> the roads are slick out there. Has has uh wait has Aiden figured out who's going to call plays for him in the? Colin Klein was announced as the uh, hire as OC. No, but who's going to call games in the in the in the bowl game? Call oh, oh, yeah, I don't know. I'm going with Evan Stewart until somebody tells me something different. <laughs> well, their interim head coach, who's off to Syracuse as the defensive coordinator, Robinson, uh, he was on the conference call yesterday with all the media members, but they haven't said if he's actually going to coach in the game. So who knows? Okay. Hey, by <laughs> the way, by the way, Colin Klein is that a good fit for Carter Wiegman, Bobby? A guy no, who's multiple concussions and a broken foot? Absolutely horrible. You don't want QB run game. If you're Connor Wegman's parents right now, you're probably kind of going, uh-oh. I mean, seriously. I mean, you're probably just kind of thinking to yourself, uh, my son's had concussion issues, and now there's going to be a heavy element of, of QB run game. You know, and Wegman didn't sign up. Wegman signed up for Jimbo. Pro Sog passing. I, I don't know. I don't know what will happen there. I don't want to put, you know, I, he should, he may want to look at baseball if you want uh, to. Know the of course, AM's very fired up about the hire of Colin Klein, but two months ago he was terrible because Texas beat Kansas State. It's funny how <laughs> things change, right? This guy's terrible. He's a Big 12 coach. Kansas State couldn't even beat Texas. Oh, okay. Now he's your OC and he's the best hire in America. I get it. It's a good, it's fun to follow. And now I want to, I want to add this. I, I want to add this on Colin Klein. Um, he also lost to Texas with a backup quarterback. Does that mean Will Howard to A&M? Yeah, it could. It could. I mean, I, look, I would, that would be, if you expect to beat Texas next year in College Station, trot out Will Howard as your quarterback, please. He's been unsuccessful in two attempts. So uh, Steve Red, that is the same Colin Klein that played QB for K-State. Really good player. Tough. Hey, uh, Blake, Blake, I need to say thank you to our sponsor each yeah. and every Wednesday. Our sponsor is Adam Lowy of the Lowy Law Firm. Uh, if you've been injured on the job or at work or, or in a car wreck, uh, make sure you give uh, Adam and his group a shout. Uh, he's been helping injured Texans for a couple of decades. 512 
280-0800 or visit him at loweylawfirm.com. One of the best things about Adam Adam and his group, they offer a free consultation. So if you're just worried about it or thinking about it, give them a shout. They'll take you through the process. 512-280-0800 or visit them loweylawfirm.com. We really appreciate him and his sponsorship of On Texas Football because he's been with us from the start and uh, it's been great to have him as a sponsor of the shows. By the way, I do think Colin Klein's, uh, I agree with some people in the comments saying, I think it's a good hire for Texas A&M. It's whether it fits the current roster. It's not a good hire for A&M. I mean, I'm not just... Elaborate, Bobby. uh, Well, I think that uh, it's a very stale offense. Uh, it will be, you don't, you can't run the quarterback as much in the SEC uh, because you've got to have a different style of quarterback. It doesn't, doesn't fit the guys on campus. Maybe the third string quarterback, it fits the best. Maybe. Okay. So maybe that's who they eventually go with, but I don't think that, I don't think that that really works for them. And we'll see if it does long-term, but it doesn't fit the receivers they have. It doesn't fit the linemen they have. I mean, that's, I mean, you have, there's just a number of issues there. You're not going to run quarterback draw in the SEC. Good luck. I'm just, yeah. I'm not trying to be, that's not your outplay. Okay. That can't be your outplay because you're, those, those defensive linemen will rip you apart. I mean, just, it, it is what it is. I, I don't think he's, um, by the way, to Jerry's point, I think he's a good offense coordinator. I don't think he's a, I don't think he fits their personnel. And I really, really don't think he's going to fit what they want to do uh, with their defense. I don't think it's a symbiotic hire, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Round Rock Donuts. Somebody's checking in from Round Rock <laughs> You know, look, man, uh, that, that sounds pretty good right now. It shouldn't because I need to drop a few LBs, but it does sound good. Uh, K-Drag uh, uh, asked about um, uh, Xavier Phil Samee's, uh mom making the official visit. I'm not sure that's a deciding factor in this one. Uh, he's making his official visit December 15th through 17th, right before the dead period. Um, I think his, his father made the unofficial visit to Texas with him. He lives with his father, McKinney. Then he also made the uh, uh, unofficial visit to Florida as well right after that. Um, so we'll, we'll see on that. I think uh, I think Xavier Phil me is a, he, he's an independent thinker. His parents are important to him, but he's a mature kid now in his way of thinking, being around him, talking to him a couple times. Um, he, he has a vision for – uh himself and and I think he likes the input and I think he loves his parents but I think this is a guy who's going to make his own decision all right guys well the chat is fired up especially after they uh checked in from everywhere my arm's tired bringing up all those comments one after another but uh something else that got Longhorn fans fired up yesterday I just received the text his mom will be his mom will be on the trip there you go (laughs) You just re- you literally just received the text while Blake was talking. I love yes. it. <laughs> That's how Jerry it. rolls. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so Aaron Rodgers made some comments, you guys, yesterday. And I'm going to go ahead and bring this video up here for those that have not seen it. Oh, boy. State, those boys. That was my team growing up. That was my team. I think they should have got in. Over. And Texas. Okay. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. All right, but Texas beat Bama. It's almost. You know what even makes that better? That he was wearing a maroon hat when he did it. <laughs> hey, 
If you don't remember, if people don't remember this, obviously that was Aaron Rodgers, uh, uh, the former, uh, the former, he's been out with an Achilles injury all season, I think. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers is still butthurt, in my opinion, uh, over Texas making the BCS instead of Cal uh, that year, where Texas went on to beat Michigan in the Rose Bowl and Cal summarily got stomped in the Holiday Bowl by Texas Tech. So he's still butthurt over that. Uh, there's hey, no I, I, by the way, I want to read some stats from that Texas Tech 45-31 win over the Cal Golden Bears that year. Um, it was interesting. I was looking at the box score this morning. So it was 45-24. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was getting dusted by the Red Raiders in that bowl game. He, he only threw for 246. He didn't get his only touchdown pass. And I know he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but he was talking so much smack then. He got his only touchdown pass in the fourth quarter. The uh, Texas Tech quarterback, Sonny Cumbie, now the Louisiana Tech head coach, threw for 520 in that beatdown. Wow. Just passing that along. <laughs> hey, Jerry, I, I had another question for you that, that I, I know we're dealing a lot with recruiting this morning. I have some team stuff I want to go over in a minute. Um, but Solomon Williams. That's a name that we had not been talking about. We had kind of thought he was going to AM, right? The, the Tampa uh, kid from Tampa Edge prospect. We kind of thought he's going to AM. AM was the leader. He visited him a lot. Well, Elijah Robinson goes. Texas hangs around the rim. Uh, as you like to say, this is the Steve Sarkeesian way, dude. Don't, don't back off your dudes. What's going on with Solomon Williams? And explain people uh, what's happened thus far and where. Everything is in that process. Yeah, it, it, this one's been a very interesting recruitment because in September, <clears throat> he visited Texas A&M twice and sandwiched in between there with a Texas official visit. One was an unofficial at A&M, then it was an official. <clears throat> and then, um, you know, at that point in time, everything I was told was, oh, look, it's going to be, he's going to college in the state of Texas. Uh, he, he, he had already visited Alabama officially. He ended up going back for an unofficial. Um, especially when I think he was an AM lean and then AM started to unravel, right? Um, so then uh, you know, now Elijah Robinson's gone. He also made an official visit to Oregon. He's always really liked Oregon too. Now they got Elijah rushing in a flip. I think I was told yesterday Oregon would still take him, but maybe they're not pushing as hard for him. But the here's the thing on the Texas side. Pete Kwiatkowski was made an in-home visit Monday in Tampa. Uh, that's where Solomon Williams is from, uh, attends Carrollwood Day High. Uh, he he made – uh, PK was there Monday. They're supposed to be back next Monday. Will it be PK again or will it be PK and Sark? We're waiting to hear um, if if it's, it's Sark as well. If Sark makes that in-home visit, I think uh, uh, we'll see what happens. I, Ray Potter saying, on the report said Texas was surging for Williams. I guess my point I'm making right now is we'll see who's surging for Williams from the college side. We'll see who makes the strongest push. I think we still, that's a little bit in the balance here. I think Alabama for sure is, which probably makes you think Texas should be too. Um, uh, Oregon, uh, Texas A&M, we'll see with the new A&M staff if they come back in and make a strong push. But his recruitment's kind of been, he's had a lot of twists and turns in that recruitment. Some because of coaching change, some because Elijah Rushing flipped to Oregon. Um, so we'll, we'll see where this actually goes and who makes the biggest push from a college perspective in the next week and a half. What I like about Solomon Williams is he's a pass rusher, Jerry. 100%. And, and he is a guy that we talk about take and bake. He's a take and then you bake, you know, not unlike, I mean, not unlike Ethan Burke in some ways, not unlike 
a Jamon Tapp, not unlike a Jure Bledsoe. They may not play a lot year one, but you let them develop and their bodies develop over time. And all of a sudden they still have that explosiveness, Jerry, that you want from your edge prospects. Not everybody comes in like Colin Simmons. That 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 is not that's abnormal. The majority of your team is going to be guys that play after year two, after year three, after they've gotten into the system and really done it. Um, but Solomon Williams, the defensive end, Xavier feels to me uh, another one that, that they're after. Uh, Jerry, Kobe Black, Sark even mentioned in his Sugar Bowl press conference uh, on Sunday. Oh, well, you know, I've got some things to do here media-wise. I've got to talk to the team. And then I'm going to make a home visit. <laughs> well, that was real secretive. Wait yeah. until the entire media world. Of course, we found out that that was our new. It was Kobe Black ahead of time, uh, the, the cornerback out of Waco Connolly. So those three guys are on the board. You know, Texas coaches are out and about. Terrence Hibbler, Jerry, that's the defensive yeah. lineman out of Mississippi that's committed yeah. to Mississippi yeah. State. I mean, so some D-line updates. Of Bo, I think Bo Davis, I believe, uh, according to the person at Jones High, Bo Davis is supposed to be uh, making an in-home with DeAndre Robinson today. Um, obviously, he was uh, through Louisiana, made an in-home visit with uh, uh, Melvin Hills Monday. Stopped in the Acadiana just to wave his hand. What's up? You know, give you know, but uh, I don't think anything's really happened there. Um, and but he, he's, I think he's scheduled talking to a longtime source in Mississippi. I think he's scheduled to be at Lexington uh, Holmes High School, where Terrence Hibbler goes on Thursday. Um, so it'll be interesting if, if Hibbler goes to Alabama this weekend. Um, does he does he really truly open it up? He's talking to Texas all the time, Alabama all the time, Auburn's even trying. That's a level prospect. I mean, Hibbler may be a high three star rated prospect, but he's obviously better than that in the college's eyes. Um, I mean, Texas, Alabama, it's kind of like Solomon Williams. Texas and Alabama are on you, whether they make that late push for you or not. The fact that Nick Saban's making an in home with Solomon Williams tells you that, okay, this guy's a legit guy. So maybe look past the rankings on that. Terrence Hibbler's the same way for me. He had 21 sacks as a senior. And I know some of that was he just beat, he bullied some smaller guys, but he also produced against really good teams. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if. He doesn't go to Mississippi State, and he may never decommit from Mississippi State if he's not going there. It may just be a signing day type of situation. I've heard it's a Texas-Alabama battle there. So we'll see what happens um, with that. But there's a lot going on. I still think Texas at 20 commitments right now, guys. Uh, I think 24 is kind of the number. Kobe Black, Phil Sami, um, a D lineman, maybe, uh, maybe Solomon Williams. Um, we'll see what happens. Do they go as high as 25? Possibly, but I think 24 is more likely than number. Uh, Jerry, we're going to put you on the spot real quick here. Uh, time? Uh, <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> Justin Wales, but not that Justin Wales, but Wales like the animal or mammal. Uh, Jerry, it's been a while since you were asked. Do we have any highs out there still? Yes. There you go. Simple. Right to the point. I love it. All right, Bobby, I'm going to let you take this next one. We have a lot of questions about Trey Moore, the UTSA player. Um, and he says, where would Trey Moore fit in, and how would the Texas coaches sell it with Burke and Sorrell entrenched at the two edge spots in 24 and Moore projecting best to the buck roll, which is where Burke plays, he says. Yeah, I think you could see Burke move uh, to the other side uh, as, it, as it grows. So, and, and I want to say this, Texas doesn't necessarily see – 
Burke and Sorrell as sole starters. Yes, they are the starters, but Texas tries to run four guys out there. I mean, Justice Finkley played a ton this year. Uh, Jet Bush played a ton this year. Y'all saw that. Texas wants to play four guys, maybe have five ready to roll. They believe in depth. They believe in 30 snaps a game or 35 snaps a game where you get your best effort as opposed to 60. And by that's the way, they're not, they're not alone in that. Georgia does the same thing. I know. And so that's that's what they want to do. So stop. I think stop thinking about just starters and start thinking we need four edges. We need four defensive ends. We need five defensive ends with one of them on the come a little bit. That's how you that's how you look at that scenario. In my so, opinion. Some people are mentioning Savion Williams, the writer for receiver from TCU. Is he in the portal or people uh, in your comments? Are y'all just asking about him? Or are you saying he entered the portal? Since we're on here live, if something happened, I, I, I don't know it on that one. Yeah, my my thought on Trey Moore is too, and I'll finish that, is I think Texas would absolutely be interested in Trey Moore. So it will that come to pass? I cannot, I cannot be uh I cannot say that that's necessarily going to happen at this time. Texas definitely thinks he's a good player. So there's no doubt about that. Uh, he did have 14 sacks this year. He got a few of those sacks in particular games. He is not um, hes not necessarily a first-round draft pick or anything like that, though, guys. So keep in mind, keep a, a little bit of a, a level about this. Uh, I feel like he's a, I feel like he's a very, very good player. So we'll see where where what happens with him. Texas would be a very natural fit for him, though, in my opinion. A great student had all Ivy League offers as well coming out of high school. Uh, somebody's asking uh, Kyle Voshka, Jerry, you've been on record saying if Texas gets twenty four in this class, they'll be number three for a second. Yeah, look, here's the reality. Let's go through that. Texas is a number seven ranked class in the on three team rankings currently. Kobe Black decides on the thirteenth. If they get Kobe Black, they're going to move up to five. Probably more than likely. Um, if if Xavier Filsamy flips to Texas, then they're going to be at three, because of course that means Florida would move down, and Florida's in a battle to keep Amaris Williams, L.J. McCray. There's some battles going on there for them. FSU's coming hard on L.J. McCray. We'll see if Florida can hold them off there. Uh, but that Texas would like, and, and if you add anybody else, the guys they're recruiting right now, Solomon Williams is a four-star guy. I mean, so Terrence Hibbler's an underranked three-star guy. He wouldn't – high three-star guy. He wouldn't count in the rankings because it only counts so many guys. Uh, but if, if if Kobe Black and Xavier Filsamy, uh both ended up in the Texas class, I think they're they're locked to be a top-five class. They, they could finish as high as three again, but probably four. All right, guys. Well, it's Christmas time, and it's that means it's time for the 12 days of Christmas, which is something that Bobby has put together for you guys out there to get all of your Longhorn apparel. And, Bobby, I'm going to let you tell them about today's deal. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, from Home Field Apparel, guys. Uh, uh, Home Field Apparel, we've been working with them uh, for more than a year, or for almost a year now. Uh, you've heard us talk about them. There are a lot of collegiate apparel brands out there, but we wanted to partner with Homefield because their designs are among the best out there. Some of the on Texas football's favorites are the 1883 vintage T-shirt logo, home of the Longhorns Ringer T. You see this sweatshirt on the far left here that I really like. Uh, you can get a special deal right now. Go to homefieldapparel.com, filter by Texas, and see what we're talking about. Our listeners get an exclusive deal using code 
on Texas 23. You get 15% off your first order. Uh, I love that sweatshirt on the far left. I really do. Uh, we all know you're wearing UT gear. So if you're in need of a refresh, Christmas present, etc., we really think you should check out Homefield Apparel. Their designs are super unique and a lot of thought goes into each and every concept. There's really nothing uh, else on the market like what Homefield is doing. You can find them at homefieldapparel.com. And again, use code ONTEXAS23. That's ONTEXAS23 for 15% off your first order. Uh, and thank you for uh, being part of 12 Days of Christmas. Guys, this is a we're getting in, we're getting into the fun time of the year. My kid, my daughter's getting ready to come home from school. My son's going to be out of school in high school, uh, getting ready to, you know, have a little fun. The Christmas tree is up right now. I'm ready. Um, yeah. I'm I, ready. By the way, I had a question oh, about during the playoffs. That's my only that's the Christmas present I wanted. There you 27 go. days now. To the play, yeah. uh, to the, um, somebody asked about the linebacker. Uh, committed to LSU, Xavier Atkins. It's funny, I, I made a couple of school stops yesterday. Um, didn't publicize them. Made a couple of school stops yesterday. And one of those schools that played against Xavier Atkins from Summer Creek, who they're still in the playoffs. They're playing Cibolo Steel in the uh, 6AD2 state semifinals this weekend. Uh, and that, nothing with him in Texas. He's pretty locked in with LSU. But I will say this, um, one of those stops is North Shore. They played against the guy, and they think he's exceptional. I'll just say that his film says he is, he is, he, you know who he reminds me of Bobby. And I told the guy, I told uh, the, uh, um, the coaches at North shore this yesterday, Nick Martin. Oh, interesting. It's that type of speed on a field. It is an undersized linebacker because Xavier Atkins is six foot one ninety five ish right now. He'll be two fifteen, two twenty. Nick Martin's what six foot two fifteen. came out of high school, about 195 pounds, but that playing speed, I think is very similar with those two guys. All right, guys, we got lots of super chats to get to. So we're just going to start at the first and start knocking some of these out. Michael Williams. He says, seems like the D has been more aggressive the last two games. Is this due to the opponent or is this a scheme change? Hook them from Round Rock, Texas. Lots of Round Rock people today. Yeah. Oh, it's Round Rock Donuts Day. They, I, I think that it's been a combo. So this is what's been interesting. Uh, Rod Babers, and I, you know, really respect everything Rod brings to the, not not only to coffee and football, to, but to Longhorn fandom everywhere. I mean, he's just so so terrific in his explanations. You know, we thought through eight nine games, this de defense, you are who you are, right? Well, if you insert Manny Muhammad into the line lineup maybe your defense fundamentally changes and you start playing man press even to the field. Okay. So you, you push Terrence Brooks to the, to the boundary and move Manny Muhammad to the field. And all of a sudden you start pressing more. Uh, that, that has fundamentally changed Texas's defense the last two weeks, in my opinion. Uh, Longhorns, uh, I, I don't know, and I, I will say this, PK has always been sit back and wait, guys. We've had, we've known him for two years in nine nine games, and all of a sudden against Texas Tech, he pulls it out. What the, I mean, talk about a surprise. Can you imagine being on the Texas Tech sideline and saying, where the hell did this come from? I mean, seriously, you, you thought you were just going to try to chuck five yards, get, let, let yeah. you know. Move it down the field, get two and three, five, eight yards, and just try to continue. Make and PK pulls that out of his bag. Uh, 
I think it fundamentally changed, and I think it's personnel. I mean, no offense to John Jameson, but he's not a man corner that lines up on the line of scrimmage. He has to play off. Uh, that was last year, last two years. Now you have different personnel, and it changes things. A couple of things I want to hit on. You don't have to bring them up, Blake, just answering questions as we go here. Somebody asked about Byron Washington and Tiger Ridden, the running juniors at DeSoto. Texas would welcome Byron uh, in the class uh, for sure. Uh, Texas evaluating that running back position. We'll see where they go. Jordan Davison at modern day is the top 2025 20, on the board. The other one is Harlem Berry, uh, the Jet out of Louisiana, likely to commit to LSU uh, this month. So I think uh, I think Jordan Davison and still evaluating some of those kids in Texas. Um, that was one. And then there was another question, and I already forgot where it was. Um, you guys have so many great questions. Uh, when I remember it, I'll answer it. All right, guys, we got some more super chats. We're going to knock out. Speaking of great questions, uh, William Niche here. He says, I heard Matt Rule talk about quarterbacks in the portal costing $2 million. How are these NIL deals presented to players? Is it through a school, a representative, coach, contract? How does that work? It doesn't cost two million to go to Texas. It may cost two million to go to Nebraska. <laughs> I can't imagine. I'll just put it that way. I think Matt Rule. If somebody called me and said, "I want you to work. I want you to come work for me or come play for me," and I'm, I'm going to be five and seven, and you're going to throw the ball twelve times a game. I think I might cost me two million a year too. It doesn't cost that much at Texas. I know that much. Um, um, how, is it, how is it actually done? Yes, it's through representation. Um, yes, it's in, it's not dealing with the coaches directly. The coaches cannot say you're going to get X if you come here. What they can say is our last wide receiver got this. Our last quarterback got that. And that will give them a comparison. Uh, but once they sign and get on campus, then the actual deal can be consummated. Not before. Uh, there's a little bit of misconception about that. Uh, the, the other question was somebody asked about the Longview running back. I believe you're asking about Taylor Tatum. Committed to Oklahoma, but MLB baseball is going to be in play there. Yeah, no doubt about it. Okay, guys, this next Super Chat's from Johnny Epps. He says, I think an 18 playoff would have been better than the 12 team, more competitive. 12 team seems a little too much for me, honestly. What do you think? I've been a proponent of six for a long time, and I know it made way too much sense, kind of like having an early signing period in August and not December 20th, and then one in February. Things that make this much sense don't work and, uh, at it, with the NCA. I think the numbers should have been six. You had five Power Five conferences. You had one at large outside of that. If there's a rules principle set in place that the Power Five teams, all of them that won their conference, qualify, whatever that qualification is. I think six would have been a number. You gave your first two a bye. You have the other four play. Look, if you have a couple undefeated, whoever's deemed your one and two seed, they probably deserve a bye. Then you have four teams playing there. It's not a drawn-out tournament. I thought it made too much sense back in the day. Probably didn't make enough money. Who am I to know? I don't run all that stuff. Uh, but I thought six would have been a great number, Bobby. And you look at it this year, six would have been the perfect number. I, I, I go with eight. I like even numbers. Like, I don't like 12. I don't like buys in tournaments. But that, that's I think that gives too much. Some team, then, then the lesser team can have, can get hot right? Because they played the previous game and you're trying to catch back up on your execution level. That I, I think that's part of why I don't like it. Um, and I, I think that every team can should be even. That's, that's my opinion. 
All right, guys, we're going to move on to the next one here from Rhett Kelly. He says, I haven't heard Colton Bostic's name in a while. I feel like a good offseason. He might be a nice surprise next year, and he wants y'all's thoughts. You got to be healthy. I mean, that's the whole thing. He's just been hit by some nagging injuries. Um, so, you know, if he's healthy, he's got a chance to be a good player. I think if he was healthy, he would have found his way, worked his way into the rotation this year. If he had been healthy into spring and early fall. And then this next one, going back to one of our conversations from earlier uh, regarding some of the portal entries. This one's from Gay Sheets. He says, Jake Johnson committing to or coming to UT would break Texags. Uh, you know, he's one of the top five tight ends coming out of high school his year, Jerry. He's been very productive for AM. Uh, he is a solid blocker and pass receiver. He's a dual threat kind of guy at that position. He's not just a one trick pony. I like him a lot, and I think he would fit very well with Gunnar Helm, Spencer Shannon, those guys. I I, um, I got to say this. I don't know if it would break Texags. I mean, how many people have to leave to do that? I mean, well, I was going to say, let's go down the list. We should make a list of who would break Texags the worst. <laughs> Obviously, Walter Nolan's one. No, I, I know the one. I know the one that if he entered his name in the portal, Billy Lucci, he would uh, break. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love Billy. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I think your name, Walter Nolan, um, Evan Stewart. I mean, those guys would be the ones I had. And I'm not saying things happen with them because I'm not – trust me, I'm not saying things happen. But I'm saying the list of who would break Tex-Ag's the worst. I mean, I think Jake Johnson was actually fall probably closer to five on that list. What about Connor Wegman? You think he if might he, break it? If he left, period? Yes. Oh, that would be massive for them. Yeah. yeah. Reuben Owens, maybe. But I think always get a running back in their opinion. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. All right, guys, this next one is from Blake. I want to thank him for the super chat. He says, if I'm a mid-level player on a depth chart, the last thing I'm doing is entering the portal. It seems easier to claw your way up the depth chart than entering the cesspool known as the portal. Man, there's so much truth to that. I mean... It's almost like the barrage of players going into the portal is going to teach players to stay without going into the portal. Does that make sense? Because right now, oh, I'm going to get in the portal and I'm going to get $75,000 from Notre Dame. Well, no, I'm, Notre Dame's going to give $75,000 to this guy that's slightly better than me. Okay, well, then I'm going to go to Purdue. Oh, well, Purdue's going to find somebody slightly better than me. And then I'm going to end up at Nevada. <laughs> you know, that's that's how it goes. It's not um, 
folks, kids are going to get a real world awakening about market economics. A lot of them. Because uh, they're not as valuable as they think they are. Not all of them. Some of them are more valuable than they think they are, perhaps. But it's going to be real world economics that a 19-year-old, a 20-year-old that has a free scholarship to go get his degree and build something for the rest of his life, it's going to be an awakening. I bet if there's 2,000 guys in the portal, I bet 250 end up happy after the end of that. Think about that. Yeah, and I'll say this: not not five, not not a thousand, but two hundred and fifty out of the two thousand. I want to say this: not that I think Matt Rule is correct on the number, but I do think quarterbacks are separate because if you are a backup quarterback, there is no doubt you can go be recruited to start somewhere else and do very well in the NIL game. I think quarter you remove quarterbacks from that talk, and then I a hundred percent agree. That's just different. All right, guys, we're going to, speaking of quarterbacks, we're going to move on to this next super chat from Sean Rabe. And he says, do we expect an announcement from Quinn before the playoffs? Bobby, no. for this one yeah. to you. Yeah, I know this one. Uh, no, the answer is no. There was the, the contemplation of, a, of an announcement prior to the playoffs, uh, but that is, that's now off. I think that, um, you know, Quinn has every intention of returning to Texas, uh, but uh, we're going to see. Uh, how these next two games go, uh, perhaps, or one game for sure, uh, and go from there. Uh, but everybody expects Quinn back uh, next year, and I think Quinn wants to come back. Uh, I, if I were to tell you all right now, I would go from 90% up to 98%, to be honest, about him staying next year. Uh, but no announcement yet. It's big news right there. Well, uh, I mean, it's not – I want to be clear. I'm not trying to break news here. Like, I just think that it's more and more – it's been – no one told me 98%. Someone did tell me 90% about three weeks ago now. I think it's just been, it has been more and more solidified that he needs to come back. Uh, growth in his uh, body is really what he needs more than anything, guys. I mean, he is he is not a heavy set guy. He needs more time on the squat rack. He needs more time uh, filling out. He needs more time getting to a second and third receiver. He knows all that. He knows all that. And then there's the fact, and I say it again, his group understands that people are quarterbacks who have not started at least 25 games in college do not necessarily have great uh, pro careers. That's it. That's their feeling. 25 games and up, you're ready to go compete in the big, uh, go compete in the NFL. 25 games and below, you're not. It's something like a three to one improvement ratio that you'll get that second, third, fourth contract as a quarterback. And if you're talking about your first contract, maybe as a quarterback in the late first round, what, 50 million now or 40, whatever. The second contract starts to be hundreds of millions of dollars. Think about that. So you think he doesn't want to come back one year to possibly increase his odds of making $200 million more. I mean, that's, that's a no brainer, whatever NIL is. It's not even NIL is not a factor at that point. Somebody's asked how many additions out of the portal. I could see five to seven. That's the number. Okay, guys, we're going to move on to this next super chat. And I'm hoping he can, I'm going to give him the chance to clarify what, what he's asking here. So, Coach Samuel, if you'll reward that, read it over, reward it, we'll come back to that here in a minute. But I want to jump down to this one while we're on the subject of Quinn. 
And Jeremy says, if Quinn does come back, what are your expectations for this team next year? Expectations now are very difficult because you got to see how the portal the recruiting finishes out, portal finishes. I mean, look, we've been talking about a guy like Xavier Phil Sami. He's an early enrollee. He's a five-star prospect. I mean, if he flips, that guy's coming in and competing. Uh, so you, you still have things that have to f- finish off in recruiting. And how, look, cur- Texas currently has 12 guys that are early enrollees in this class. Kobe Black would be an early enrollee. Phil Sami is an early enrollee. Heck, Solomon Williams is an early enrollee. So it's hard to say right now. Then you have the portal, right? And then you, what does Texas add in the portal? Um, so, I mean, it, it's hard to set expectations right now for me. Um, but I would start at nine wins. That's interesting. That's interesting. I, I could go anywhere from eight to ten next year in the SEC. Could be wrong. Um, I, I do agree with Jerry. It's about the portal, uh, more so even than high school recruiting, Jerry. And the reason I say that, they have to hit at receiver. Yeah. Texas absolutely has to hit at receiver in the portal. They can't come close. I mean, you're you guys, you got to realize Texas is losing either a first rounder and a second rounder or two second rounders in Xavier Worthy and um, Adnai Mitchell. Okay. Those guys aren't available in the portal very often. You're losing two of them. Jonte Cook is a reasonable replacement, but he's still young. Okay. For one of the two, you've got to hit. And then you lose Jordan Whittington, who's another NFL player. I, I am waiting. I want to reserve my judgment. Even there are other things they need in the portal. They need a tight end. They need a disruptor on defense. They probably need a safety. They may need a linebacker. But I'm I'm reserving judgment on next year until I see what they do in the portal via wide receiver. Okay, guys. Well, it's time for everybody's favorite commercial read. <laughs> Jerry gears up to tell us about Manscaped. Well, look, this is the gold standard of growing grooming. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it, right, guys? Uh, Santa baby, the season for fresh cut is finally here with today's sponsor, Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming have just launched their fifth-generation performance package to help you avoid another silent night in the bedroom this year. Don't do it, guys. Take care of your special snowflake with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra and watch your South Pole shine like never before. Get the best stocking stuffer of all by going to manscaped.com and using code ONTEXAS, all caps, for 20% off plus free shipping. Mrs. Claus will truly thank you. Starting with the Lawnmower 5.0, this is the crown jewel of the holidays. And dare I say, the best ball trimmer of all time. The Electric Razor's advanced skin safe technology is a lifesaver and known for reducing nicks and cuts on his Santa sack. Manscaped.com on Texas, all caps. <laughs> we want to thank Mel for the sponsoring stage. So Bobby Reed joins us right here on Coffee and Football. <laughs> I leave during those reads just to keep my sanity. <laughs> I love it. I, I could listen to Jerry read it all day long. I need an audio book of Jerry's Manscaped reads. Oh, guys. All right. We got some more super chats that we're going to get to along with all your questions. So please get them in. And uh, we're going to start with, mm, let's go to this one right here for Jerry from Antonio Harris. He says, Jerry, any word on my guy Nick's from Florida? Is he still solid as they are going down? 
I think. Are you talking about the uh, linebacker at IMG, the junior, twenty twenty five? If that's what you're talking about, Texas has offered him. I haven't heard anything on where they're at with him. I think you know. Look, Texas have new linebackers coach. Then he gets kind of like Chris Jackson. Then you go evaluate the twenty twenty fives again. Uh, but I think Texas really likes Riley Pettijon McKinney, who I think Texas is doing very well with. Um, he was at the uh, Cotton Bowl, went to another Texas game this year. He also was at Florida for the Florida State game. Obviously plays at McKinney with Xavier Filsamy. Uh, but Riley Pettijon's a fantastic linebacker prospect. Uh, but then Texas really likes a couple of guys out west, a guy in Northern California and Nasir Wyatt at modern day. So we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, linebacker is actually a really, really good position nationally and in Texas in 2025. All right. While we're on the subject of linebackers, guys, we have a, a question from Burt Reynolds Jr. He says, why aren't we targeting a Mike linebacker in the portal with Jalen Ford graduating this year? Ah, so let's see who jumps in the portal. That Jerry's got the right answer. I mean, who's saying that they're not? I'm not reporting that. Inside Texas isn't reporting that. Jerry's not. Let's see who gets in the portal. Be patient. All right, guys, this next question from Silver Fox. He says, what position group on defense fires you up most next year and which one worries you the most? Here's the, here's the crazy thing. This is how far Texas has come. You know what fires me up the most next year? The edge position. Yeah, Baron Sorrell's a senior. Ethan Burke, what's he going to look like as a junior? Pretty good. Colin Simmons coming in. Anthony Hill another year will play linebacker, but he can rush. Off the edge. What does a Jamon Taft look like next year? I mean, Trey Moore, if you add him to the group. Trey Moore, if you get somebody out of the portal that's a really good edge rusher. I think Texas could become, dare I say, elite edge rushing team next year in college football. That doesn't mean the best, but I'm saying elite. How many teams is that? 10, 12? If next year you said Texas is a top 10 to 12 pass rushing team off the edge, Texas fans will be like, boom. What? Oh, yeah, it could happen. PK has a type. You guys got to realize this. He likes long and and explosive. And that's going to play long term. You just got to get him in. And it's, I mean, Javon Tapp has to has to keep coming on, et cetera. Uh, what if they, I mean, I, I don't want to, it's too early. But Patrick Payton out of Florida State is all ACC, and he is out there. And... If Texas wants to get involved in that, I, I'm just telling you, that's a, that could be a game changer. I mean, that those kinds of players don't come along every day. So we'll we'll see where where it all goes. But I agree with that. I, I I will say this. I think the bigger piece for me, it's not a position that I'm interested in next year on defense. It's the development of guys like Anthony Hill. I mean, where is Anthony Hill going to be in two years? Where is Derek Williams going to be? In two years, what about Manny Muhammad? I mean, how many interceptions do you think he'll have as he gets older? You know, I, I, there's a, there's just a I don't think it's any one position for me on defense. It's the collection of young players that I think are really really talented. Leonga Lafau, what's he going to look like once he gets bigger? You know, guys like that. And uh, Colton Vosick's uh, been a, a question. Jerry's mentioned this. He's been often injured. It's been his issue um, beyond behind the scenes. I think that he's going to always be a guy that works hard, et cetera. But until he actually gets a chance to, to be injury free and uh, put it all out there, we'll see more about him in the spring. 
If he does, he hunt 100% factors in. Yeah. It's all about health right now. He's a ta- he's a motor 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 guy with enough length, been well coached by his father, physical guy. Um he's got the goods. He's just got to get healthy. All right, y'all, we're going to move on to some next questions here. And again, plenty of time to get those questions in, so please do so. Uh, And we have some playoff questions, high school playoff questions that that we're going to get to. Morning from Rockford, Illinois. Jerry, do you see Austin Westlake upsetting North Shore in the playoffs? Look, it's it's the playoffs. Anything can happen. I watched North Shore yesterday, and I don't know about that one. Westlake is good. Now, Westlake had their two of their best teams they've ever had uh, when Vosick and Burke and uh, Klubnik and, and, and uh, Great House and Q, the receiver at Kansas. I mean, Connor Robertson. I mean, they were loaded for a couple of years. They're a little younger now, maybe not quite as high end talented. Uh, so it would be an upset if Westlake beat North Shore. I mean, North Shore, um, this isn't their most talented team. Uh, they've had um, – they're not immensely talented like they were in the uh, stretch of the early 2000s, uh, but they're they're so fat physical. They're so fast. And here's the thing about them. Just think about their district, guys. They just beat Atascacita in the regional finals last week. Um, Summer Creek's still playing. C.E. King got upset, should have beat Hightower. That district is maybe as good as there is. The North Shore is battle-tested, and here's the re- reality. None of those teams beat them. North Shore is really, really good again because you talk, Sark talks about great culture. Let me tell you something. What John Kay did at North Shore, he's now linebacker's coach at Rice, and has carried over with Willie Gaston, new head coach, former U of H receiver, uh, Garrett Cross, a D coordinator, who's a longtime track coach there, very, two tremendous football coaches, the D line coach there, a great guy that played at John Tyler High School in LSU. Those guys are culture continuers at North Shore. They're tough out. But I think a lot of people selfishly want to see them in Duncanville go at it again next weekend. Just to, you know, why not? But Duncanville's the favorite over North Crowley in the other 6A1 semifinal. But I'm just telling you, if Duncanville doesn't play a clean game, North Crowley can beat them. Now, that quarterback is a hell of a high school quarterback. He's going to TCU, committed to TCU to play slot receiver as a junior. North Crowley's a young team. Junior running back is small, but he is 10-5, 10-6. The sophomore offensive tackle, I think, is the, maybe the best prospect in the state of Texas, it, regardless of class. I'm not saying he's going to look like that Saturday. He's a sophomore, but long-term, watch out for that guy. Uh, John Turntine the third. So Duncanville has to play well. If they don't play well, they could get clipped. They're probably – 20-point favorite if you want to start throwing things out there at it. But they have to play well or they could get clipped. I think Duncanville by probably about 10 to 12 and also the same on North Shore. I think Westlake going to have to contain North Shore's quarterback more than anything. So, all right, well, we talked about high school playoffs. Let's talk about the college football playoff, guys. we got lots of questions about Washington, so we're going to jump right into those. James Henson says, I drank my coffee waiting on the show this morning, but he was wondering while doing so, what do y'all think about how our defensive ends will be against the Washington offensive tackles? I think that's the key matchup that a lot of people are going to be watching for. I think James nailed it, uh, frankly. Uh, they they are going to not let Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy dominate them inside. They have a slight center that's good, but slight. He's 285 pounds. Yep. Um, so they're not going to let that 
predicate what they do. So as Jerry has mentioned, they're going to, we, we expect them to slide protect quite a bit. That puts an emphasis on either Baron Sorrell and or uh, Justice Finkley, uh, Ethan Burke, Jamon, whoever, Jet Bush, whoever lines up out there. And their tackles are better than their interior guys, in my opinion. Yes. And so that that is a, James, you hit the nail on the head. As we get closer, we'll talk more about more and more about who these players are and why they're good. But that's been the, 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 the issue. I have another question here. This one's from Phil McIntosh. Uh, do you all think Quinn's play against Oklahoma State? is a true sign of his progression as a quarterback or because the Pokes couldn't get pressure? How about both? How I about both. a comment? Hey, I'll say this. If anybody was sitting around watching LHN last night, they were replayed Texas-Bama from this year. And I actually sat and watched that. Quinn made a lot of second progression throws in that game. There were a number of second progression throws in that game. I, I So I think here's the deal. I think – if he has time, it's no different from any other quarterback, but especially considering he's a little younger than Michael Penix. And I mean, Dylan Gabriel has been playing for years now, right? Those guys, if he, if you give him time, he's going to work through it and he's going to throw a catchable, accurate football. I mean, that's the thing that you watch the Alabama game on rewatch and you look at Oklahoma state, Oklahoma state had one guy that could truly get pressure off the edge. And that was Colin Oliver. Otherwise, they had to bring delayed blitzes from the backer position. And you're take you're kind of running a risk with Nick Martin in that game, right? Um, but I, I, so the thing there is, I, they couldn't get pressure. Uh, Texas offensive line did a good job. And on the backside, whatever the first read was on the backside, Oklahoma State could not cover those guys if Quinn had long enough to, enough time in the pocket. In Texas, could have those longer routes develop. No chance Oklahoma was going to run with Texas. All right, guys, this next one is a super chat from Burt Reynolds Jr. He says, can or will we install a dime package for the Washington game? We talked about this, Eric. They actually already have one. It's their version is with Mo Blackwell, who's a former safety now playing linebacker. Can they install a true one with another DB? I got two questions for you. Who would be the extra DB? Jalen Gilbo, probably, Jerry, um, would be the extra. Uh, I don't know, uh, because that – well, the great thing about Washington is they found if you go dime on them, they just run the ball. Yes. Effectively, by the way, they do a nice job. I mean, Kellen DeBoer is a good offensive coach, so you can't be too cute against them. They keep you honest. Um, so, yes, that's enough time to install a true dime, in my opinion. Uh, we talked about this yesterday. Pete Kwiatkowski will be is a person who's coached in 20 plus bowl games, I believe. So he understands what you can and can't install in two to three weeks prior to a bowl game, right? Because you got to remember, kids go home for a week. They got to go home for Christmas for a little bit, right? Um, so you don't get this whole month to prepare. Uh, you got you got only get a certain amount of time. I do think you can install that. I, I don't know how much he would use it unless it's with Mo Blackwell as opposed to with uh, Jalen Gilbo. All right, guys, this next question is from Champ Bailey 3. He says, with Williams being ruled out for the first half of the Sugar Bowl, what does Texas do at the safety position? Jaron Thompson and Michael Taff, those are your guys. Hope they don't get injured. 
be interesting to see if they, it'll be interesting to see if they tinker with anybody else at safety for this game with 29 days to prepare. But Austin Jordan would have been the guy, Jerry, and he's yeah. injured. Yeah. Could it be Gilbo? Could it be Jelani McDonald? Yeah. With time to prepare. Yeah. And obviously Keaton Crawford, but Keaton Crawford get, lets his eyes uh, fool him a little bit, and he gets beat deep uh, on the post. And that's what Michael Penix, do, Penix does better than just about anybody. Uh, all right, so two broke to pay attention. He's coming after Blake and I. No love for the Jackrabbits, the Forney Jackrabbits. We'll see. People have been downing him since the playoffs. Hey, look, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with the Jackrabbits. Uh, Alito's going to roll. Sorry. Hey, hey, those Jackrabbits better be on fire, though, running on fire against Alito. <laughs> oh, man. And somebody asked if Southlake had a chance against DeSoto. Um, Dang, know. man. Riley Dodgers, a guest on this show. <laughs> no, but I don't think he so. just put I'm him out the posture. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> hey, right, by, yeah. the way, by the way, Ralph Neely, obviously, he's a Duncanville guy. Um, I think the loss to DeSoto will end up being the best thing to happen to Duncanville. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. Uh, and then Christopher Lyons, yes, I do follow 3A football as well. That's about as low as I go, but yes. Okay, guys, so we got some more questions here that we're going to get to. This one from Peyton Ross, kind of going back to what we were talking to just a second ago. He said, on a scale of 1 to 10, the, the current makeup of the secondary, such as Catalan gone, Williams out for the first half, what's your concern level going into the game versus Washington? My, my, here's my take on the game. Whoever, whichever defense gets pressures the quarterback best is actually going to win this game. Um, both teams' receivers are really difficult to guard if long developing plays are allowed to happen without pressure. Um, so, is it Washington with pr pressure up the middle or, or Trice off the edge? Is it Texas? If you go back and watch the Texas Washington game, the edges. Um, and outside backers need to have really good games. I, I really they need to have really good games against uh, a Washington rush in the passer, especially if they're going to slide protection. I think this game, uh, if you ask any either of these secondaries to cover this level of receiver on long developing plays without pressure in a quarterback's face, it's going to be long days for both secondaries. I actually think it comes down to pass rush, Bobby. That's Who can fair. disrupt timing? Yeah, that's fair. Washington secondary is not going to cover Texas on long developing routes either. That, I mean, they're they're not one of the better uh, pass defenses in the country. They're so, been they're they're been but don't break. They play a lot of what P, PK does. Yeah. You're going to see two very similar teams, very similar teams. All right, y'all. We got some super chats that we need to knock out. There's another one just came in right when I was saying that. Mike Gosnell says starting a petition petition to get Chris Sims on coffee and football would offer great insight. But it'd be great to hear him talk about the horns. Bobby. Mike, you were talking about that on the Longhorn live stream last night. Aaron Hogan, uh, Rod Babers, and myself. We're gonna work on that. There you go. Rod and Rod and Chris. Chris are I'm tight. not saying it's gonna happen, but we'll make an attempt. Yeah, Rod and Chris are tight. Yeah. So and hey, Bobby. All right. Kyle Shanahan, excuse me. Yeah. yeah. Bobby, real quick, we've had a lot of questions this week, you know, with football season coming to a close. Can you tell everybody the plans for coffee and football and the rest of the shows on On Texas Football for the rest, I mean, you know, going forward? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, coffee and football is here to stay. I don't know why we would change that. We've had a lot of fun with everyone, and, and uh, the sponsors have been receptive. 
the audience has been receptive. And to be honest with you, with, given the portal and recruiting, the news is going to continue to go. And then we walk right into spring football. Um, and so hopefully you all stay around and we'll have some fun. And uh, we've got a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. We had a, a basketball video with Royale Ivy and DJ Augustine yesterday. I'm, those are two former NBA players, one's a current NBA assistant coach. I mean, so we, we've, we're going to continue to grow the video product here. Uh, we've, we've been doing that from the very start. I just started it out and then Jerry came along and then it's just grown. Uh, and that's what we're going to do and, and continue to grow it. Uh, we appreciate you guys uh, and everybody being a part of it. It's a, I really believe, and, and I'll say this, um, it's been an unbelievable time to be a Longhorn fan in the last year and, and to watch this from one, two, and three years of Steve, Sar Steve Sarkeesian. I think that that on Texas football has been a galvanizing force in some ways for fans to, to communicate with each other, whether on the chat or hear more about their favorite team and witness it firsthand as the team grew into it. I just, I mean, I, I love it. And um, as I grew up, I went to Texas. I was a Texas fan growing up. Uh, so for me personally, it comes from a very, I mean, it comes from a special place. I mean, I like seeing the Longhorns do well. I'm not going to hide that fact. Uh, and so to see you guys uh, out there enjoying it too, it just look, I, I, my, my hope is that University of Texas becomes the best place in the world not only to go to school, but to watch sporting events, to be a fan of, uh, and to take pride in. And, you know, that, that's just the way I feel. So I, I hope that uh, other people that join us along the way, you know, come on. And, and Brett, yeah, we do work hard. And we, we, we like that. I mean, when you love what you do, working hard is kind of, it's kind of secondary. It's just what you do. And I'll say this. I don't think there's, I don't want to say ever, but maybe a better time to be a Texas fan. I think the move to the SEC combined with where Texas is at and football and athletics in general, I mean, is so cool for Texas fans. I mean, just think about the venues that are coming up in the future. How cool is it going to be to go to a game between the hedges and watch Texas play at Georgia? I mean, think about all everybody that went to the Texas-Bama game. Bobby was there. Now, think about going to play at Georgia. Think about going to play at the Swamp. Think about Ole Miss and the Grove. Everything you're going to get to uh, be a part of with the SEC. At, Tennessee's a great game day environment. I mean, South Carolina is a great game day environment. LSU's nuts, and I love it. I mean, so just think about what's in front of Texas fans. Man, it's a great time to be a Texas fan. I will I will add this um, that that I think is important too is I, look at the quarterback position at Texas. Yeah, I mean you got Quinn Ewers who's a first round pick. He's going to be followed most likely by Arch Manning, who is, I mean he's is he literally the the first kid of NFL of the NFL? I mean that he's like you just have these names that and you then you combine it with the Texas brand. And it's just going to embellish and polish one another and create more uh, expectations, experiences, memories, all of those things. That's what it's all about for me. And I, I appreciate you guys being here. We really do.
We have a lot of fun, that's for sure. All right, guys, we got some and more. Super guys, chat. I will say this: I will not listen to Jerry Reed. That that look the lawnmower. The lawnmower five is going on the road in SEC play. Don't, <laughs> don't get it twisted. <laughs> okay, we we got to get these super chats out of the way because we got to get out of here real soon. Uh, Travis Bingham, he says, what is the point of a delayed blitz? It never worked despite Todd Orlando dying on that hill. I think Washington torches us with it. Bobby? Uh, I think the, the idea behind it is to not give them five seconds in the pocket. And the best delayed blitzes actually aren't that delayed. They're like a half second delayed, right? The problem with Todd Orlando is he came from 20 yards back. I mean, that that's really my take on that. I. I don't think there's a problem with delayed blitzes if they work, especially if you find, I will say this, especially if you find an offensive line that vacates its lanes too easily. Uh, and really, I think that that's what happened to Texas last year a lot. They cleaned it up a lot this year. Um, Baylor was delayed blitzing Texas all over the place last year. Texas cleaned that up a lot during this year. And that happens as you get more cohesiveness through an offensive line, more experience from everybody involved, et cetera. I guess this next super chat here uh, is from, <laughs> from uh, Coachy Samuel. He says, Bobby, you need to include Jerry Hamilton's Manscaped in your 12 Days of Christmas special. You'll get more buyers that way. <laughs> I, I, I don't know about that. Hey, by the way, on his he, he is the one that asked about Cedric Baxter and Tashard Choice coaching him up. Uh, I, I know, I think I know what he was getting at. Uh, Baxter had what I called a man run in that, in that, uh, his lone, lone touchdown against Oklahoma state. Um, he literally ran through somebody that had him around the waist. It was a man run if, if there ever was one. And so a uh, choice in him, uh, essentially I choice doesn't, you know, it's, it's, Hey, nice job, but do this in, on a previous play. I think that Choice has that room in just such a really good spot, both both mentally and physically. Like he's one of those coaches, like they talk about in pro football, does the coach control the room? Can he manage the room? Tashard Choice can manage a running back room, guys. That's my opinion. All right, y'all, last one here, and it's from Seth. I want to thank Seth for the super chat. He says, the patience of this staff is impressive. Do y'all think the staff takes a juice wells and then waits for another receiver or do they play the waiting game and pass on the current ones or Xavier Thomas or Deion Burks or whoever. Um, I, I don't know what they're going to do right now. They, they have to meet as a staff and try to figure that out. I don't think they're in a rush. I think they're going to try to bring in portal recruits, probably the December 15th weekend. Maybe one or two here or there between now and then. But I don't think Texas feels like they have to be rushed. Why Why should they feel that way? Because they, if they don't put their hat in the ring, well, they're already their hat's already in the ring. And by being the number in the college football playoff, they're going to get the benefit of the doubt of that compared to where they were a year ago and especially two years ago where they absolutely had to be the first. Right? If you're five and seven, you've got to be on somebody early or you're not really going to get the time of day. Times have changed in Austin. They deserve, they can be patient and not worry as much. Sark's, Sark's got this thing handled, guys. 
I'm not Somebody saying says they waited last year for A.D. Mitchell. They had patience. That, that's what I'm saying. You don't don't run out the gate. No. You don't know who all's in yet. Now, I'm not saying Juice Wells isn't a tank, but don't, don't get me wrong. But they've got to decide that, and they need to decide it as a staff. No doubt. All right, guys. Well, Bobby, before we get out of here, let everybody know what they can expect later today right here on On Texas Football. Yeah, we've got state of the program uh, today coming up uh, soon here with uh, with InsideTexas.com. And then we also have uh, the live stream tonight. Uh, that should be fun. Uh, Justin Wells will join of Inside Texas as well as Rod Babers. Ray Peters will host for us. Uh, and tomorrow we've got a bunch of stuff coming up. Hopefully uh, Drew Kelson or Brian Irwin will join us. We've got some other things coming up later in the week uh, for special guests. Uh, but really just appreciate you guys and having fun, getting ready for, for Christmas and uh, getting ready for a Sugar Bowl. By the way, we will have, I want to say this, we will have like a little bit of a Sugar Bowl announcement for where tailgates, uh, if you're going in Friday night for the weekend, where that sort of stuff's going to be. I'm going to try to have all of that in a single announcement for y'all, either tomorrow or Friday, in case you want to make the game and have a little fun uh, beforehand with us. And by the way, Blake does a great job hosting. I agree with everybody saying that. He does a great oh, job. Other, uh, yes. Uh, uh, other thing I'll say, you know, other thing I'll say here uh, as well is, um, look, I mean, this this portal stuff, just everybody, it's the toughest thing for fans. It's the same way in basketball. It's just got to be patient. I mean, you just got to be patient with this stuff. Uh, to Bobby's point, that December 15th, 17th weekend, uh, obviously a lot of commits will be there. Uh, Xavier Phil Samee will be on his official visit, and we'll see other guys. People are asking about Cam Dewberry. I don't think that one would happen. Uh, but, uh, yeah, thank you to everybody uh, for joining in it, uh, every day. And I love seeing where you guys are checking in from. That makes it really cool to, because, I think to me, it brings everybody together. That's yeah, that's true. Uh, hotel rates are excessive in New Orleans, yes. I was <laughs> yeah, be careful. I mean, me, me and Jerry were talking about that. Last night, uh, the hotel rates in, in in New Orleans, if you've gotten there, look, feel free uh, to book it in Gonzales, Louisiana. You know, <laughs> there's there's places all around where you can drive in and enjoy Bourbon Street. And as long as you don't enjoy it too much, you can drive out. <laughs> and, by, and by the way, one other thing before we get out of here that I was doing, uh, I was watching uh, yesterday or last couple of days was the 05 series on LHN. And the reason I did I watched that was just to see what the players and coaches were saying leading up to uh, the national championship game. Uh, just kind of getting a feel, again, a feel for what – well, I would love to get Drew on here to talk about it. Um, just the, the what coaches were saying, what Mac was talking about, what Gre Greg Davis, uh, Gene Shizik – uh, just getting in the players, just getting the feel for what David Thomas spoke about going through that whole process there, the season, then the build up to the game. I thought it was so cool to watch with Texas in the playoffs once again. Are, and are you are you making the? And I know that we're going a little long here, but are you making the uh, suggestion that there are some similarities of how the coaches have been talking and how the players have been talking between 05 and now, or? I know. I just wanted to see if it if I saw anything, or just see what the players said after. You know what they were, what was going through their mind leading up to the game. It was different because USC was the best team ever, right? But just kind of the general, because a number of players, Tim Crowder, a lot of guys, 
or interviewed Casey Stutter, uh, Jonathan Scott, what they were talking about leading that season leading up to the game. I think it's for Texas fans, if you haven't seen the series, go look it up on LHN. It's a pretty good watch and might give you some insight on uh, kind of, you know, because Michael Huff is part of the program. Still, yeah. And he was part of that. He was part of that series. By the way, congrats to Derek Johnson, College Football Hall of Fame inductee. Uh, we forgot to mention that. Uh, I do not know the team's hotel in New Orleans off the top of my head, uh, but if I do, I'll let y'all know. Uh, please know, uh, you know, one a.m. phone calls to their rooms though. Want <laughs> them fresh on at seven forty-five on January first, please. And real quick, DJ Dog, yeah, signing day, December 20th here in two weeks, I guess, from today. Um, and we will have coverage starting at 7 a.m. right here on On Texas Football that lasts all throughout the day. We'll have you guys completely covered. So looking forward to that one for sure. All right, guys, well, it's time to get out of here. We want to thank all of you for tuning in. Thank you for the Super Chats. I want to thank our sponsors today, Adam Lowy, uh, Homefield, of course, for you know doing the 12 days of Christmas. And then Manscaped, as always. We know you guys love that. Uh, be sure to hit that like and subscribe button. We would definitely appreciate it. And for Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Hook them. Have a good day.